Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves. Do you want to know how to better study God's Word? Participate in one of our free online workshops happening all the time. If that isn't for you, check out our online Bible study classes. There are tons of studies and times to choose from. For more information on these things, head to our website at www.preceptministries.ca. There, you can also get connected to our social media pages and join our mailing list to stay updated on all that God is doing within this ministry. Now, stay tuned for Unlocking the Truth, a study on the book of Colossians. Hello, everyone. It's Mark Sheldrake here, and this is another episode of Unlocking the Truth podcast. We are working our way through the book of Colossians, and we'll do so over the next number of weeks. We'll release a new podcast every week heading into the summer. Uh, Maybe we could call it the pandemic podcast. I don't know. But right now, we are working our way through Colossians with the purpose of how can we apply these truths to uh, our lives and what we're going through right now. Uh, I want to pray and then I want to dig right into the text this week because I'm super excited about uh, the verses we're going to look at today. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the time that uh, we can have to uh, sit and listen to this podcast, whether we're driving or we're at home or uh, wherever we are, Lord, that uh, we can use this technology to to learn the scriptures and see what you have for us. So, Father, as we walk through uh, Colossians chapter 1 and just a few verses in that chapter this morning, would you speak to our hearts? Would you challenge us by your word? And that would we be able to apply what we're learning here? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have to tell you that uh, um, since this COVID-19 thing has happened, uh, we've been working from home uh, um, Jessica and I and all of our staff members are working from their homes because of this self-isolation thing, which uh, you never know whether it's working or not. They tell you it's working. It doesn't matter. Uh, the ministry continues, and uh, we continue to be blessed by the things that we're hearing uh, all over the country. And uh, just uh, a few weeks ago, I met with uh, Bible study leaders online. The first time I met with them, there was just over 50 Bible study leaders in a Zoom call. And the second time, I think just over 40 uh, Bible study leaders. And it's amazing that uh, during all of this pandemic that was going on, one of my greatest concerns was what will happen to all the Bible studies that are in the middle of what they're doing. Um, Their classes were not complete. Were they going to be able to finish them knowing that the government was lowering the number of people that could meet together at the same time? And um, did people really, uh, were they going to grasp the concept of using some sort of online technology to keep the classes going? So I get into this room with all the Bible study leaders and uh, also sent out an email to everybody to encourage them to continue to study because during a time like this, when there's so much fear and there's so many issues with what's going to happen and so many what ifs, the answer to all those things is found in the scriptures. 
Our God is a sovereign God. He is in control of this. Nothing's happening without him knowing it. He knows when it's going to end, and he knows his purpose for it. And so we should be in his word, studying truths, so that we can stay grounded and keep a biblical lens, uh, a biblical viewpoint uh, as we work. So uh, these meetings that we were having, uh, I was amazed. I have to tell you, as soon as the email went out to invite people to the meeting, I started getting a number of emails just encouraging me that people were still meeting, that people were still finding ways to get creative and meet together for Bible study. I responded to some of those emails and said, send me pictures of what's happening and show me your Zoom rooms and all the people. And I started getting pictures of all these people still meeting in Bible study. And, you know, um, it started to to bring like a tear to my eye. I was so overjoyed at what I was hearing. I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, you are still working in this. You are still getting people's classes going. And I have to tell you that our shipper, our person who sends out all the books, has never been busier than he is right now because of all the books he's sending out for our online classes and so we can sit back as a staff and a team and we can go, this is absolutely so encouraging for us that it makes us press on to want to continue growing and furthering the ministry in Canada. Uh, in Colossians, it's very much the same as what we are going through uh, as a team here at Precept and as individuals who are watching God work through this ministry. And Paul, who's in prison, is receiving information about all the places the gospel is going forth and people are being transformed by it. Can you imagine being at a distance in prison and still being able to hear that the gospel is at work and the gospel is bearing fruit? That's what he says in Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 3. We give thanks to God the Father, to our Lord Jesus Christ, and we're praying for you always to the church. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just in all the world also as it's constantly bearing fruit and increasing. So the gospel is still at work. As the gospel goes out, it's the power of God for salvation. It's transforming lives. People are coming to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And then the people are living out the gospel and showing their love for others. If you want to know what one of the major factors of, of a Christian is, study the book of 1 John and you will see love of the brethren is one of the signs of a true believer. Uh, the gospel which has come to you, just as in all the world, also it's constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as it has been doing in you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of truth. Well, we stop there for a minute. We see what's at work. The gospel is at work in the life of the believer since the day they heard it. It's changing them. It's transforming them. It's causing them to love. It's doing the work 
that it has to do. Can you imagine Paul in prison hearing that the gospel is still at work and transforming? Uh, Verse 7 says, Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. Uh, This is really great. So we know that they're Christians. We know that they've been saved by the gospel. We know that they uh, have a work being done in them. And because of all of this, because of the work of the gospel in their lives, Paul, from a prison cell, is about to write in the next few verses, his prayer for the church, um, his prayer for a people he has never met. And I want this to be a challenge for us, that as we work through uh, these verses today, the question becomes, and we'll look at this, is what does your prayer life look like for those that you don't know? Uh, What does your prayer life look like for when you are praying for the country. There is a woman that I know, she's in uh, Nova, Scotia, Nova Scotia, and she constantly lifts up the nation in prayer for revival. I'd be certain that as she prays, she thinks through this prayer in Colossians when she's praying. Now watch what Paul does in these verses, in verses 9 to 14. That's going to be the focus of this week's podcast is taking an in-depth look at Paul's prayer and what he wants God to do in the life of these believers. He says, for this reason. That's a term of conclusion, good inductive Bible study students. That means everything that he said before, that the gospel is bearing fruit in their life, that they are bearing fruit, that they are showing love Now, because of what the work of the gospel has done in your life, this is what I'm praying for you. For this reason, also since the day we have heard, we have not ceased to pray for you to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So, first we want to look at... um, these different different words and look at the Greek to help us understand what Paul is saying. So the first thing we're going to look at is the word knowledge. The word knowledge is epinosis, and what that is, it is a full knowledge. It's a full understanding, and it's a deeper understanding than others that might not have it. Say, for example, as Paul's talked through the Bible, he's talked about the mystery of Jesus being revealed, the mystery being revealed. That is that those who have a fuller knowledge know the mystery. They know Jesus Christ. Because they know this, this knowledge, this epinosis knowledge, is a knowledge that forms and shapes the way a person lives. So think about that now. Uh, What he's saying is that he is praying that they would come to a fuller knowledge of his will, how you are to live. Uh, In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul talks about uh, what the will of God is for this church. He says, 
for this is the will of God, chapter 4, verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. So what he's telling us is, just as an example, is he's telling us that we want you to have this fuller knowledge that will form and shape the way you live and that your life will be different living according to the will of God in obedience to him than it was prior to salvation. Uh, Prior to salvation, you could go back and look at Ephesians chapter 2. We were dead in our trespasses, dead in our sin. We were enemies of God, living after the lusts of our own flesh, all of these things. But now that you are on the other side of that gap, you know, the Romans road, you're on the other side of that bridge, you've crossed over because of the cross, you now need to live for Jesus. So what he wants you to do is he wants you to have that fuller knowledge, that fuller understanding that's going to form and shape your your behavior. So now if you look and he says, okay, now I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom. So we want to look at this word wisdom. The word wisdom in the Greek is Sophia, and it is an insight or an intelligence. It's the capacity to understand and then act in a wise way. Oh my goodness. So what he's got here is he wants you to not only know the truth that will form and shape the way you live, he wants you to understand it and then properly respond to that truth and act in a way that is obedient to God. Oh, it gets better, people. This, is, this stuff is firing me up, all right? So now, let's look at uh, the next word that comes through, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his wisdom, uh, of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So the three words are knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. All right, understanding is uh, the word sunesis. All right, so sunesis means that it is a mental putting together uh, to comprehend or reason out. Okay, so uh, just put it this way. Um, It's like putting together a puzzle. Think about the puzzle. Um, You start with the outsides, and you work your way through, and so that... Uh, when we talk about inductive Bible study, that's like uh, the outsides are the, the, the what's and the who's. You know, it's putting the uh, simple questions together. But then what you do is if you begin to work to the inside of the puzzle. You start to see things like if you were putting together a picture of Mount Rushmore, you might see uh, different faces. And as you see the faces, you start to put things together and you begin to understand the concept of that face and who that face is, and then you look for pieces of the puzzle and put that face together. Uh, That's how we put puzzles together with my son. Of course, who's his favorite Toy Story character? His favorite Toy Story Story character is Buzz Lightyear. So what does he know? He knows all of the looks of Buzz Lightyear, and so he can form and shape and put that puzzle together to come to... Uh, the reason it out that that is Buzz Lightyear. Uh, So now what you've got here is you've got this idea of one, Paul wants you to 
know the truth, have that deeper understanding, that deeper understanding of the truth of who you are, where you are, what your position is in the will of God, and then that should form and shape the way you live. Now, that knowledge is a continuing knowledge, as we'll see in a minute, but also wisdom is to have the insight and the intelligence to then take that knowledge and put it into action. And so then when you take that knowledge and you put it into action, the understanding is piecing it all together and how to fully apply it and how everything connects together into one puzzle and then live it out. Now, watch what Paul does here in these verses. Verse, uh, I'm going to read verse 9 to you again so that we can get all of this together. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his uh, will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, we have another term of conclusion that comes at the beginning of verse 10. The term of conclusion at the beginning of verse 10 is a so that. Okay, now here's what you've got. You've got this knowledge, this fuller knowledge that forms and shapes the way you live. You have this wisdom that you now take all of that knowledge, you rightly apply it, and you act it out. That understanding is putting all of the concepts and the teachings together so that you can know the relationships between all of them. And all of those things, every single one of those things, is going to change the way that you live. Now watch the so that. He says, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Uh, learn, uh, understand, act wisely so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Now what he says, uh, to please him in all respects to bear fruit in every good work, and to increase in the knowledge of God. Uh, these are signs right here of a true believer, one who has taken that knowledge to put it all together, piece it all together, fully understood, and then change the way they live because, one, they walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Uh, right now, it's so interesting because uh, how we respond in the midst of a pandemic shows us the way of whether we are walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. Uh, are we individuals who are living in fear of what tomorrow will bring? Do we understand that God is a sovereign God and whatever is happening right now in the world it's not outside of God's design. Uh, are we uh, behaving in a certain way that when we're in the grocery store and we have to wait in line outside of the grocery store, that we do not reflect Jesus Christ in our behavior? Everybody in the world is on edge right now. And that's why everybody is watching how the Christian responds 
in the midst of this pandemic. This is why it's so important for us to have a greater knowledge, a greater wisdom and understanding, so that in the midst of difficult times like this, like James said, in the midst of trials, that you would have joy. Because we know we have a deeper understanding of who we are. This is not our home. Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. We are constantly looking for and hastening the coming day of Jesus Christ. Uh, We walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Uh, Why? Why do we do that? Because it pleases him. He loves his children to be obedient to him. If you don't believe me in that, take some time and study through the Old Testament. Right now, in my personal study time, I'm working through the book of Ezekiel. I'm constantly seeing Ezekiel go to the people of Israel and warn them of coming judgment if they don't repent and return and be obedient to him. But Israel is an obstinate and stubborn people. They're not turning back to God, and therefore, during those first few chapters of Ezekiel, God promises to send destruction. Uh, The glory of the Lord leaves the temple because of their disobedience. God wants our heart. He wants us to love him with all of our heart. He wants us to obey the commandments and statutes that he's put before us. He wants us to bear fruit for the kingdom. He wants us to be obedient and please him, to walk in a manner worthy of him. We're his representatives here on earth. We have the opportunity to, you know, illuminate and be that light of Jesus in the world. These things please him. They encourage him. He also calls us to bear fruit in every good work. Uh, John 15 is a, a scripture that you could look up. Uh, bear in fruit, bear fruit when you are connected to the vine. Uh, we in Ephesians have been created for good works. We are his workmanship. Believers are to bear fruit for the kingdom. The command we have is to go therefore and make disciples, teach them to observe all that Jesus commanded. Are we bearing fruit in our life? And we'll come back and he says um, that you are to increase in the knowledge of God. What Paul is saying here, and this knowledge is the same epinosis knowledge, this uh, more thorough participation. It's more thorough in acquiring uh, knowledge. Uh, I want to read to you Second uh, Peter um, chapter 3 as Peter ends his letter. And uh, verse um, 17 of chapter th- uh, 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on guard so that you're not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, That epinosis knowledge 
from Colossians is the same knowledge at the end of verse 18. What Peter is saying is he wants you to continue to grow in the knowledge. Folks, what that means is you've never arrived with all of the knowledge you need to live out your life as a Christian, and therefore you should continue to be in the scriptures, studying each and every day, and growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his will. This would be a great opportunity if Kay Arthur was on the other mic. She would say to you, uh, how many books are in the Bible? You would respond, 66. She would say, how many books of the Bible does God want you to know? And your response would be, 66. Well, the question becomes, how are you doing with that? I hope that because you're listening to this podcast that you are part of studying the scriptures. It's one thing to listen to uh, us as we walk through the text with you, but it is another thing for you to discover the truth of God's word for yourself. For you to be able to dig into the scriptures, use the method of inductive Bible study to ask the who, what, where, when, why, and how to properly interpret and then rightly apply the text to transform your life. Are you seeing what's happening here with Paul? Paul's in prison, and he is praying this for people that he has never met. I want you to have a fuller understanding. Please, Lord, give them a greater understanding of who you are and what your will is. Father, help them to um, break that down. Help them to have wisdom and then act in a proper way because of the knowledge that they have. Father, help them to piece it all together so that they can walk in a manner worthy of you, that they can please you, that they can bear fruit for your kingdom in every good work that they do, that they will have a hunger to study your word because I know, Lord, that your word will transform them. The lady that I talked to you about in Halifax, her name is Cindy. I guarantee you 100% that is her prayer for Canada. That is my prayer for Canada. For the people that I have never met in our country, I pray that they would come to a greater knowledge of who Jesus is. That they would come to the wisdom and understanding that they would act in a manner worthy of him that they would piece it all together and through that, that they would walk in a manner worthy. Could you imagine what would happen in our world if people took the truth of God's word, pieced it all together and rightly applied it? We would have a different world. We would have revival. What's your prayer in the midst of this pandemic? You see, right now, I believe that this is God shaking and sifting the church. I believe at the end of this pandemic, we are going to see a lot of differences in our churches. 
we're either going to see more people we've never seen before that have come to a knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ in the midst of the difficulties that they are in. That's one scenario. The other scenario is that we are not going to see the people in the church that were there on Sundays because that's the thing to do. I believe somebody told me once that it takes 21 days to change a habit. So if you are used to going to church because you just need to go to church, that's the thing you do, that's what I've done since I was a child, then what happens when you don't have 21 days or 20 weeks or maybe three months of not going to church? You see, when it's online, you have the opportunity to tune it out or tune it in. This is why I believe that our online classes with Precept are filling up before we can even fully advertise them. Because people are hungry for God's word in the midst of this pandemic. People are hungry to figure out what God is doing in the midst of this. I'm confident people's prayer lives have changed. My prayer life has changed. But this is what Paul wanted for his people the people he had never met, his brothers and sisters in Christ, he said, I want you to, now that Jesus has done his work through the gospel in you, I want that fuller knowledge to form and transform you. I want you to have wisdom to act rightly, and I want you to understand and piece it all together so that you'll bear fruit and walk worthy of your calling, to walk worthy of being a child of God. Verse 11, he also prays that you'd be strengthened with the power according to his glorious might, uh, to be uh, pumped up, to be um, fully confident in what's going on, that you would know that you are in the position as a child of God. Because the next part, he says, is that this strength, this power, according to his glorious might, uh, for the purpose of attaining all steadfastness, patience, and joyously giving thanks to the Father. There's three things there that we'll look at. The first is that attaining steadfastness, to attaining hope, to be able to endure, to continue regardless of what's going on. You see, in chapter 2, when we get there, he's going to talk about teachings that are to not be deluded by false teachings, to not be deluded by or taken captive by philosophies, but that you would endure, that you would be patient, and that you would joyously give thanks to God the Father. Uh, to give thanks in everything. Uh, believe that's the theme of Philippians if you want to go back and study that. We've got an online class starting in Philippians in, uh, in just a little bit, so you can find out more information about that online. But you see, he wants us to have endurance, to be able to endure to the end until the return of Jesus Christ. 
you know, in the midst of this pandemic, the question that I keep asking myself is, how long are we going to be in this isolation? How long is this going to last? Nobody knows. Nobody has the answer. I sit and I watch the news and I kind of laugh at the modeling, the, the idea of let's try and model and put this together. And then you see in other countries where they've started to reopen their economies in their country that they've had a second wave of this going through. I mean, what's trying to be happen here is trying to control things that are outside of our control. But God knows when this is going to end. What's the role of a believer in the midst of this? It's to endure. Look, we are to endure until we are to go home. To go to our home in heaven. We're to be patient. Patiently waiting for the Lord. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, um, back just up into verse 11, he talks about the day of the Lord, and he says, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what, what are you looking for? Um, sort of people ought you to be, sorry. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct, in godliness? Uh, looking for and hastening the coming day of God because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements uh, will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of the Lord as salvation. Just also our beloved brother Paul, according to his wisdom, given him, wrote to you, uh, Peter is writing the same thing as Paul wrote to the people in Colossians as a part of the prayer. I want you to have endurance. I want you to keep your eye on looking for the new heavens and the earth, new earth. I want you to be patient in that. And I want you to give thanks to the Lord for your salvation. Uh, how are you living out that part of your prayer? Are you looking for the new heavens and the new earth? Are you enduring? Are you watching with patience, knowing that this patience or this time in between Jesus ascending to heaven and his coming is, has its purpose? Listen to what he says at the end of verse 12. And into verse 13, uh, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, endure, be patient. And give thanks because you are no longer of the world. Your home is in heaven. Uh, we're called to be in the world, but we're not of the world. So the prayer that Paul has is 
that because of the work that Jesus has done in their life through the power of the gospel, transferred them from the dominion of darkness into the light. That because they are in that light, he wants them to increase in the knowledge of God's will. He wants them to have a full understanding. He wants them to piece it all together. He wants them to live it out and walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. He wants them to bear fruit for the kingdom. He wants them to endure. He wants them to be patient. He wants them to give thanks. How are you doing with that? Is that your prayer for the people you don't know? Folks, this is the prayer of precept ministries. Our desire, our mission is to engage people in relationship with God through knowing his word. We want people to observe the scriptures and see what they say. We want them to interpret the scriptures and rightly apply them so that they will know God and have a transformed life. That they will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Will you join me in praying for this for our country? That people would be radically transformed by the gospel. That the leaders in our country would be radically transformed for the gospel. That the gospel would flow through each province that our leaders would look to God, that repentance and forgiveness of sins would happen, that people would make, make a 180 and stop living for themselves and start living for God and walking in a manner worthy of him. This is the prayer. It's an amazing prayer from Paul. Take it as an example and start to apply it in your own prayer life for those in our country and around the world. Father, we do thank you for the time that you have given us this morning. We thank you for the time that we have to be able to stop and look into your scriptures and pray. That, Father, we can pray this very same prayer for our country. That people would come to know the mystery of your son, Jesus Christ that the gospel would pierce their hearts and radically transform them from the dominion of darkness to being children of the light. That, Father, in that, that they would come to a greater knowledge of who you are, this knowledge that would form and shape the way they live, that they would rightly apply this, Lord, that they would bear fruit for your kingdom, that lives all over this country would be changed because of who you are that, Father, our country would turn back to you. Father, I firmly believe that even in the midst of this pandemic, you are teaching us a lesson, and the lesson is that we must return to you. And so, Father, we pray for that. We see that through the entire scriptures, return to you. It's the message of the prophets. It's the message of John the Baptist. It's the message of your son, Jesus Christ. Repent 
and return, for the kingdom is at hand. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.